Well, I'm happy because I'm the head coach. I mean, I, you know, really, really happy. But I'm, I'm hoping that the whole state and you and everybody that follows Arkansas is ecstatic about the Hogs winning. Again, I think this is what should happen at Arkansas. Now, I'm not saying we ought to win every game, but we're the University of Arkansas. When you look at Eric and Dave, they're doing it. Dyfo and everybody, they're doing it. University of Arkansas should happen to us. And you mentioned just the scheme, that 3-2-6. Where did y'all sort of get the idea, and how, when did you start implementing that look? You know, we've been thinking about that since uh, the Sunday after our game last year. Once again, we did not make it easy. I would certainly like that one time. Um, yeah. Yeah, Coach, it looked like you had three or four opportunities to hit on touchdown passes and just couldn't connect. Can you talk about that, what a big factor it was? <laughs> yeah, it's a big factor if you're going to miss touchdowns. Uh, hey, Brian, can you sort of take us through your mind, first of all, as TJ's making that play on the fourth down? Yeah, good yeah. questions. Um, I probably can't repeat what's going through my mind. I want to issue a challenge, and I want it to be heard right now. You know, we got a huge game next week at 12 o'clock in Athens, Georgia. We'll have an opportunity to put on a heck of a show at 12 o'clock in Sanford Stadium next week. Thanks, and go dogs. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, that sounds like a beer that's ready to pick some winners. How about it, Shane? Mike, I got to get back on track, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I started out the year strong. I, I, I fumbled last week, and that wasn't my fault. That was Missouri's fault. But I bounced back this week, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. We'll get to the games. We've got a terrific show lined up, Shane. We got Stephen Lazen from Athlon Sports. He's been on the show a number of times, but there's just so many big games. I really wanted to, uh, you know, have someone else to discuss them and break them down and give his unique insight. So, we- <laughs> someone smarter than Shane is that what you're saying? <laughs> someone smarter than both of us, trust me, brother. Uh, but before we get to that, of course, gotta mention the sponsor, Shane Prize Picks. If you haven't already, this is an outstanding way to support the podcast, and it's a hell of a lot of fun. Head on over to PrizePicks.com and use that promo code S E. See to get in on the daily fantasy action that they got over at prizepicks.com. And my favorite thing about it, Shane, they got college football players to choose from. Mm-hmm. And I got a couple myself, Shane. So uh, like we do every week here, I want to run down a couple guys that I really like over at prizepicks.com. How about this one, Shane? JT Daniels, 265 and a half passing yards. I'm uh-huh. going under that those Arkansas Razorbacks man that's a legit defense I don't think JT Daniels is getting uh close to 300 passing yards what do you think about that Ooh, Mike already tipping your hat thinking this is going to be a ball game I like the over okay okay now I I know you're gonna like this one Shane Tyon Evans Tennessee running back he's already out here talking trash about what they're going to do to the Missouri defense over 62 and a half rushing yards, and I like the over 
one half rushing touchdowns. I, I think Tyon Evans gets in the end zone, and I think he goes over 62 and a half rushing yards. I know you like that one. Oh, I love it, Mike. He's been singing like a canary all week, so he's got a chance to back it up. All right, one more, Shane. Kiki Chisholm, the Missouri receiver, not going to like this one. Over four receptions. He's emerging as uh, Connor Basilak's go-to man there in the Missouri offense. So I like Kiki to catch uh, at least five passes against them Tennessee Vols. What do you think about that? I think everybody on that staff catches five catches this week, Mike. I think this is a lot of points. I like the over on a lot of this game. Absolutely. Well, buddy, I know we're excited to pick our games. Before we make our selections, let's kick it over to our outstanding interview with Stephen Lazen of Athlon Sports. We're pleased to once again be joined by Stephen Lazen of Athlon Sports. You can follow him at Athlon Stephen. And, of course, you know the name by now, college football writer and editor for Athlon Sports and the host of the outstanding Cover 2 podcast. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me once again. Hey, Mike, it is good to talk to you. It's always, I should say, it's always good to talk to you, (laughs) but it's even better when you look at that schedule for this weekend, man. The SEC slate for week five is unbelievable. I'm fired up and uh, ready to get these games underway. Yeah, when I was listening to, I know you've put out uh, a couple podcasts this week, but the first one in particular, I could just hear the excitement in your voice of uh, the schedule, not only this week, but next week is looking just as good on paper. So, man, I knew I had to reach out to you and get your thoughts on some of these big SEC matchups. But before we get to the games, uh, another thing that you hit on on the uh, Cover 2 podcast I believe on the Monday episode, I was wondering if you could kind of rehash your thoughts on, you know, the impacts of super seniors. And I think that's something that some people during the offseason kind of rid off because there were so many, so many seniors all across the country. And I think some people looked at it like, is there really an advantage if there's this many seniors? But I certainly think, I don't know what you think, but I certainly think Ole Miss and Arkansas, which I believe are leading the SEC and in super senior categories and maybe uh, seniors overall, I think we're really seeing the impact of those players and it's almost leveled the playing field in the SEC and maybe across the country. Can you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it has. So I think when you think about the structure of college football, we know like the elite teams like Alabama, Georgia, um, most years it's Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson those teams all lost players to the NFL. And of course they reload well uh, through recruiting. But what you see is the kind of middle class of college football, where there were guys who maybe weren't elite draft prospects. uh, That last season was just so disruptive in terms of how many games were played and, and maybe not getting that true senior experience. You had a lot of guys come back. And, and what I think it's done is, it's kind of closed the gap in college football between that top tier and the rest of college football. Because if you think about it, a lot of those top programs lost guys to the NFL because they were, you know, either touted juniors who went ahead and and went, or had already played like a full uh, four, four years. Whereas some of these teams, like you mentioned, Arkansas and Ole Miss brought some guys back and in kind of in turn, it's made their roster deeper. It's also made their team better, which I think is kind of propped up, the entire uh, mid kind of class of college football, which is made for an interesting season because you still have the elite teams, but I feel like the middle 
of college football is deeper, which is why we're seeing uh, some of these surprises in the top 25 and, and why I think the rest of the season could still be uh, pretty crazy as well. Mm-hmm. All right. One other question I had for you uh, before we get to these games, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this because I know how well-versed you are in just not only SEC, but the entire landscape of college football. But in my opinion, it seems like offensive line development has kind of been down for the last couple of years. And now I think we're really seeing it, the impact of it uh, in the SEC. In particular, I think of LSU, I think of Texas A&M. I mean, these are teams that a lot of people had pegged as being SEC West contenders. And I know the season's still young. I'm not writing any of these teams off, but certainly seems like O-line development, uh, not only at those schools, but across the country, like I said, is is kind of taking a dip. And I wonder if, uh, you know, that sets up well for a program like Arkansas, where you know you're going to get top-notch offensive line development as long as Sam Pittman is there in Fayetteville. So what are your thoughts on that? No question about it. It's a huge problem uh, across the board this year. I I can tell you, when we did our offensive line rankings for the magazine, for the best offensive lines in college football going into this year, I had a really hard time you know, ranking it, offensive lines are always hard to, to rank. Yeah, there's so much that goes into it. There's a lot we don't know too about schematics and stuff just kind of from the outside, but there really wasn't a clear kind of dominant offensive line coming into the season. And last year's best offensive line, Alabama lost a lot. You mentioned LSU, Texas A&M, like those are traditional teams. You would just expect that they're losing a couple guys. They're going to be fine. That's true with, you know, I think Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, Clemson. Uh, All across the board this year, offensive line play is a concern for a lot of teams. And, and, you know, we're still in week five, so there's there's time for these groups to sort things out. But you also, you know, five games into the season, six, you know, we're halfway through the year. At some point, it it may not happen this year. So I think that's something that – as we go forward, we're going to have to watch because you mentioned Arkansas, uh, that offensive line, of course, I think they have dominated the line of scrimmage for the most part this season. And, and of course, that's a testament to, to Sam Pittman. But on a very broad scale, uh, the development of some of these groups like Alabama, uh, like LSU, Texas A&M, even, even across the board, Oklahoma. If, if Oklahoma is going to get back into the national title conversation, it's going to be on the offensive line. So there's no doubt about it. Oh, you know, play along the O line this year is not as I guess good as we're used to seeing. I, there is a theory that defenses are a little bit better this year too because of a normal off season. I, I think that's true, but I also think that would also benefit O lines because usually you need time to gel and get all those mm-hmm. pieces in. So there's a lot of factors involved, but really it, it is across the board. OL play uh, is not as strong as we're used to seeing. All right, Stephen, the main reason I had to have you on all these great matchups here in the SEC, I don't even know where to start, but I'm just going to stick because we're talking about Arkansas. Uh, Let's go to the Arkansas at Georgia matchup. The Razorbacks, of course, you know, red hot team and now Georgia Bulldogs. For my money, I think they're the best team in the country, but, you know, maybe some uncertainty in this matchup. I don't know if you heard it uh, there on Wednesday, but uh, Kirby Smart said JT Daniels dealing with some kind of lat injury. And from what I understand, that could be, you know, really, really affect his ability to push the ball down the field. They may have to stick to handoffs and 
in the short passing game. So th- that potentially complicates this matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts on this huge showdown here in Athens? You know, I love the setup for Arkansas. And I think you talked about this earlier this week. You know, the spread is almost 20 points. Mm-hmm. Nobody's giving Arkansas a chance. And I think it's the same setup that's happened against Texas A&M, against Texas. They were the underdog. And we've seen it time and time again with Sam Pittman has been there at Arkansas. This team believes they can win any game on the schedule with Sam Pittman as the head coach. And I, I think 18, 19 points is too many here. I, I, I like Georgia uh, to win this game, but I love the spot for Arkansas and the motivation. You know, you mentioned um, JT Daniels, and, and I think we go back to our conversation about offensive lines. I mean, Arkansas dominated AM. Mm-hmm. You look at the, the rushing yards, they gave up 121, but 67 came on one play. They dominated Texas along the line of scrimmage. So if there if there's some concern about being able to push the ball downfield, all of a sudden that makes Georgia uh, a little bit easier uh, to defend. So I'm curious to see what Barry Odom and that defensive staff work up. They've done such a great job all season. So it'll be a fascinating um, matchup to see how they, they match up. And then you know, on the other side of the ball, I, I think it's it's pretty clear what Arkansas wants to do in this game. They, they lead the SEC in the most rushing attempts so far this season. And that's kind of how they're setting things up. They want to get that running game going. They're not asking KJ Jefferson to throw 40 times, but man, when he connects on those big plays to Traylon Burks, like we saw last week, uh, they can score in a hurry. So mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of intrigue for me of just how that Arkansas offensive line matches up against a very good Georgia uh, defensive front. Like I said, I like Georgia to win, but I would take Arkansas to cover. I think that the Razorbacks uh, are going to be very much motivated for this one. Yeah, without a doubt. How about Ole Miss at Alabama, CBS? Man, this game, <laughs> going to be some fireworks for it, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, we've got Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban reunited again. We've got two great quarterbacks, Bryce Young and Matt Corral dueling it out for four quarters. It is going to be a fun matchup on Saturday. And, you know, to go to what we just talked about with Arkansas and Georgia, I mean, it's a 14, 15 point spread. Nobody's given Ole Miss a chance. It's Alabama is, is number one. So, you know, basically just don't bother showing up Ole Miss. But, you know, I think there's kind of two ways that this game could play out. The first one is Alabama dominates. They show that the game against Florida was kind of a one-game blip. It's it was a two-point uh, you know victory for Alabama. The defense has improved since then. The offensive line's getting better. All that holds true. Or the second one is Alabama's just more flawed. Of course, it's all relative when you're talking about Alabama. And Ole Miss can keep it close and potentially pull off the upset. And you know, you look at the formula that Ole Miss can can use, which is they have a quarterback in Matt Corral who's been arguably number one or number two best quarterback in college football to start the season. They have the difference makers on the outside. They run the tempo that gives every defense, including Alabama, a lot of trouble. So I, I am I, much like last season, I think it is going to be very high scoring. I am curious to see where Alabama has developed since that game against Florida. 
I think it it would not be surprising at all to me to see small things like third downs, red zone, uh, who's getting off the field, uh, decide this game. So uh, also a big test for Ole Miss in that defense too and to see how much it's improved since last season because this is by far their biggest challenge. Now let me ask you something because people think I'm crazy and I've done probably 20 interviews this week and I'm saying the same thing on every one. I think Nick Saban, and I have to start out by saying I think he's the greatest of all time. I don't even think that's debatable at this point. But I think he's lost a step when it comes to his ability to coach up defense. And some people are like, well, what in the world? They just won the championship. I understand that. But Dan Mullen, last two times faced him. I think Dan Mullen's got the better of them. Uh, you go back to oh, just last season, Ole Miss certainly got the better of the defense. Uh, you can go back. I know there's a historic team for LSU, but Joe Brady and Joe Burrow got the better of them. Trevor Lawrence in the national championship. I mean, they just shellacked Alabama's defense. And I know I'm kind of like cherry picking, you know, special teams, but how often does Alabama really face a team that can match them? Uh, you know, when it, when it comes to talent, it's, it's basically these games I'm referencing and Alabama's defense is, is not showing me that they're elite. Do you buy into that or uh, am I just the world's biggest Alabama hater? <laughs> I, I, first of all, I think we're going to find out a lot more about Alabama's defense this week. And there's a stat that jumps off the page to me when I look at Ole Miss is that Matt Corral threw 14 interceptions last season. They all came in losses. So if you're Alabama, you probably need to find a way to get a couple takeaways. I think what you're getting at is sort of a, it isn't like an issue at Alabama, but I also think it's a broader problem across college football. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily isolated to Nick Saban in Alabama because the way that offenses operate right now, they have the upper hand with the mm -hmm. targeting rules, the way that the offensive line can block RPOs. It is really difficult to be a defensive coach and defensive coordinator in college football. So I, I almost think that Alabama is fighting the same thing that everybody is. And you also can look at Clemson too, uh, Brent Venables, who you know got torched in the Sugar Bowl against Ohio State. Tempo, uh, playmakers on the outside, elite quarterbacks, like everything is geared to offense right now. And which is why I think you see what Alabama did a few years ago, going out and getting Lane Kiffin. Stay, then promoting, uh, hiring Steve Sarkeesian and bringing in Bill O'Brien. Like you need a high-powered offense to win in college football. Y your defense doesn't have to be elite. You have to find ways to generate kind of those uh, negative plays, whether that's sacks, a takeaway, um, getting off the field on third downs. Defense so much now to me is about situational football, and that's why I think especially in Saturday's game, this is a good chance for Alabama's defense to kind of show us who they are because they struggled against Florida. This is a much different challenge that Ole Miss will uh, will present to them. Wow, Stephen, that was a really nice way for you to call me an idiot, but mate, you're, <laughs> pro you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. Now, hey, that's those are not the only big games in the SEC. Florida at Kentucky, we're going to find out which of these teams is a true contender here in the East. Uh, it, I know last year was a little one-sided, but Florida had – just such a dynamic offense, and, and Kentucky had no offense. So, but you know, you look past that one, these two have gone, you know, had some real, real battles here in recent seasons. Uh, what are your thoughts heading into this matchup? Yeah, I think three of the last four decided by nine points or less. So, mm -hmm. you know, the series definitely 
overall trends Florida when you look at the historical uh, run for the Gators here. I think this game to me comes down to the trenches so much. It's it's kind of opposite of what we're expecting in Ole Miss, Alabama. Here's a kind of an old fashioned uh, SEC slobber knocker. You know, Florida, the way that they are running the ball over seven yards a carry, Kentucky giving up around three yards per carry. It should be a good battle in the trenches. And, and also, I think Florida seems to be finding out who they are. Like I think the last couple weeks they started to figure out what kind of team they have. It's a, it's a credit to Dan Mullen because last season it was all about passing and Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. This year it's about maximizing what they have out of Emory Jones and those running backs. Not to mention um, Anthony Richardson. We'll see if he he plays in this game. So I, I'm curious, can Kentucky slow down Florida's rushing attack? And then on the other side of the ball, that Kentucky offense – the last couple weeks has not been as prolific as they started out the year. Will Levis, his yards per attempt has declined in three straight weeks. So, you know, is can, can Kentucky's offense get back on track? This is why you made the move to go out and get Liam Cohen, bring mm-hmm. in Will Levis. This is the type of game that Kentucky will need that. And also for Florida, we think their defense is better. You know, this is a good opportunity. Uh, we're still early in, enough in the year where we're finding out a lot about Florida. All right. How about Tennessee, Missouri? It, it seems to me like these teams, you know, I don't want to call it too early, but they're basically playing for a bowl game is the way. Cause if you just look at their schedule, they both have some tough, tough games remaining. Uh, do you got any quick thoughts on Tennessee at Missouri? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I I think the winner of this game is in a good spot for bowl eligibility. The loser has a lot of work to do. I'm curious to see if Hendon Hooker plays for Tennessee. What does the quarterback situation look like? I think Hendon Hooker's the the better quarterback for Tennessee. I think, you know, also for Tennessee, if you want to win this game, run the ball, Missouri. Man, they Mm -hmm. have had trouble all year stopping the run. So it's almost who can run it better, who can stop it better, uh, but maybe some potential uh, for some offense in this game with the with the way that Missouri's play defense and the way that Tennessee runs tempo. And what about Auburn at LSU? Is this this feels like a game where the loser we can just write them off the way uh, they've both been playing and and heck I know you know they they've neither one's had the season they want so far but if you win this game you're still undefeated in the SEC. Any any thoughts on this one? Man, I got no idea what to expect out of these two teams. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you think about Auburn, they looked better against Penn State, and then they didn't really play all that well against Georgia State. LSU has been up and down. I thought the the coaching changes and everything going on at LSU would help get them back on track a little bit more than we've seen this year. These are two just unpredictable teams. And you look at the series, Auburn hasn't won in Baton Rouge since 1999. Of course, the quarterback question mark is at Bo Nix, TJ Finley. I think this game comes down to the trenches because LSU and Auburn are at the top of the SEC and tackles for loss. LSU doesn't run it well, mm-hmm. and Auburn does. So I, I think who can get better pressure and who can probably have a little bit better running game comes out on top, and which is probably going to be a very unpredictable matchup. It starts at 9 Eastern, so uh, this one could get a little crazy. And last one for you, Stephen. I really appreciate your time. Mississippi State at Texas A&M. I'm not ready to write off the Aggies. I think people are doing that too quickly because I think Arkansas is just that good. I think that loss will look better as the season goes along. But Mississippi State, very inconsistent. All the, I think their youth is finally starting to show. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Mississippi State at Texas A&M? Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's too early 
to give up on Texas A&M because I think the expectation is Haynes King will be back at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Also, the offensive line for Texas A&M should be able to improve as some of that youth gets more experience. So I think that the spot for A&M is crucial here with Alabama coming up. I think you, for Jimbo Fisher, you want to see this team rebound, get back to running the ball. Mississippi State is second in the SEC versus the run. So this would be a good test uh, for Texas A&M's offensive line and ground game. You know, for Mississippi State, you know, they came close last week against LSU and never really felt like LSU was in jeopardy of, of necessarily losing that game. But, you know, just to see what that high-powered, you know, Mississippi State's offense, can it get on track against a good defense? I think this would be a good test uh, for Mike Leach and, and Will Rogers for that Mississippi State offense. All right, he's Steven Lazen. Got to give him a follow at Athlon Steven. Again, subscribe if you're not already to the Cover 2 podcast by Athlon Sports. Steven, I really, really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining the show and, and dropping so much knowledge on us. Hey, Mike, anytime. Thanks for having me on and look forward to uh, talking again real soon. All right, Chad. So, Steven, going chalk there with his selections, but no surprise. Uh, once again, just really appreciate Steven hopping on the line. But, hey, brother, I know you're dying to make your picks, and so am I. So, you ready to make our weekly selections? Let's do it. <laughs> Gambling. What's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, me. Heard you say that. <laughs> that, that well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue. Waving forever, forever pride, oh Florida, may she droop. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad, we got to start with the game of the week. Connecticut at Vanderbilt. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, Vandy fans. But, hey, you're a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup, so you got to like that. The over-under, 51 total points. And how about this, Shane? I looked up the analytics for these two. Connecticut, Mm -hmm. number 128 in the nation in offense. That's out of 130. And 129 Mm. on defense. So, whoa, this is a (laughs) bird burner here. Who do you like in the matchup? Oh, Mike, I, I think the most excitement this game is going to be the coin toss. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Vandy. I think Vandy bounces back this week, Mike. I, I, yeah. I know there was a lot of a lot of Georgia stats going around last week about how bad Vanderbilt Commodores are, but mm-hmm. come on now. Come on. We're talking about Georgia Bulldogs. This, this isn't even fair. I think everybody should get a mulligan sometimes, and that's what Vanderbilt needs right here. Uh, the last time they had a disappointment, they bounced back. I think we're going to get the same thing against UConn here. Get back to the 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 true fundamentals of – that's what we say every week. But I really do think that – I mean, if you break down – I know not a lot of people watch the Vanderbilt-Georgia game, but come on, man. I mean, there was some damn heart. It wasn't like these boys weren't trying. But now you're going against the UConn – like it was arguably the worst – 
team in college football right now. Um, I I don't like I don't like that point. What is it? Fifty something? What did you say it was? Over under? Fifty fifty one. Yeah, man, that's a lot of points, Mike. I don't think we're going to get that far. So, I don't know. We usually don't mm-hmm. do unders, but that's what I'm thinking happens in this one. I've got Vanderbilt winning the game uh, 28, UConn 10. So, uh, I got Ooh. Vanderbilt winning over the spread, right? Is it 14? Is it still 14 and a half? Yes, sir. So, you got them by 18 okay. here. Yeah, give, give me Vandy. Yeah, I like a lot of what you had to say, Shane. And, uh, of course, last week did not go – Vanderbilt's way but it's not going to go a lot of people's way that suits up against them Georgia Bulldogs this year yeah and really it started early with uh you know quick three and outs turnovers and next thing you know you're down 21 28 35 I mean good night I mean it was just a nightmare (laughs) for the Vanderbilt Commodores but you know I think the thing that impressed me the most Shane they were getting curb stomped here yet they never gave up they even had a goal line stand uh, yep. against the Georgia Bulldogs. We saw the same thing against the Stanford Cardinal when they came to town, and they had you know such a advantage on building their roster there with, with David Shaw being in there for eight or nine years, whatever it was. So I love the fight we're seeing from Vanderbilt, and I think your, your head on Vanderbilt is going to win this game. Ken Seals, Mike Wright, both quarterbacks, I think have a big days, but – 14 and a half, man. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it, Shane. I'm going similar to you. I got Vanderbilt winning, but I'll I'll have UConn with the cover. I go Vandy 28, UConn 14. Mm. Mm. What time does this game kick off? Like 8 a.m.? No. They, they knocked that one out early. <laughs> no, it's actually a night game here in Nashville. So, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right, next game here, Shane. We got Troy at South Carolina Gamecocks looking to bounce back after two tough losses. Gamecocks mm-hmm. favored by seven. Over-unders 43. Carolina's uh, 3-0 and all-time against Troy. But how about this stat, Shane? Troy is the only team in the country that has held all four of their opponents to under 109 passing yards. So, sounds like they may have a little bit of a good defense there. But uh, mm-hmm. South Carolina has has surrendered 17 or fewer in three of their four games. So uh, this is going to be a defensive battle here. Who do you like in the matchup? Yeah, I think so, Mike. I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, but I also think that this is – I think this is the week we see a little bit more progression out of that offense. You know, Doty mm-hmm. was kind of thrown into it last week. They just couldn't get anything going which, you know, kind of stymied this running attack, which they got a good – I mean, a lot of people don't know the stable of running back South Carolina has. They've got freaking talent back there. They just haven't been able to cut them loose. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with not being able to throw the ball and people loading the box. And I think this week is the week that uh, they kind of get that right, man. I mean, South Carolina, don't count them out yet. They, they played tough last week against Kentucky. They've played tough against Georgia. It's you, you look at box scores and you keep counting them out just because it's South Carolina and it's a, a rebuild, but they've got talent. And I think when you play a team like Troy, it really starts to show. I don't think it's a crazy high-scoring game, kind of like what you said. I think it's going to be a little bit of a defensive struggle up front. But uh, I think South Carolina pulls away. And I think we finally have – some I, it would not surprise me if we've got uh, one, maybe two, 
100 yard runners here. Ooh. So give me South Carolina winning this game 35, Troy 10. Oh, snap. It's a beat down there in Willie B. I thought yep. the fans will love that. But yeah, I like a lot of what you had to say, Shane. And South Carolina, I mean, it's. It's just so evident watching them. They're such a young team with a new staff mm -hmm. that, you know, week in and week out, they're not quite bringing that consistency you'd like to see. But that's a great yeah. thing about playing a Troy. I mean, this is a game where you can build that consistency before you jump back into SEC play. And, you know, we'd love to see Luke Doty and these receivers getting the gear and throwing all over the yard. But – uh, you know, more importantly, and I think for the success of the entire season, South Carolina has got to get this ground game going. So I love what you said there, Shade. 200-yard rushers, I'd love to see it. They really, really need to get that uh, going so that, uh, like I said, when they jump back into SEC play, because right. I just think the reality is if you're South Carolina, your recipe for winning football games this year, it's just not going to be through the air. It's going to be mm -hmm. defense, and it's going to be the ground game. And you got a mobile quarterback uh, that can do a lot on the field. So I love I love your prediction, Shane. But I'm I've just not seen enough from this South Carolina offense to think they're going to score this much, uh, even against Detroit. So I like South Carolina to win the game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a nail biter, though, Shane. I'm going South Carolina twenty-one, Troy. Mm. 17. I think uh, mm. I think Troy covers in this one. Yeah, I think we have a defensive touchdown too, the more I think about this, Mike. I, I just I honestly I think this is a confidence builder for South Carolina. And and like you said, you want to see it grow. You know it's gonna take a while. It's like uh have you ever had a Chia pet, Mike? <laughs> yeah. It's like you buy one of those damn Chia pets, and it's not like the commercials, you just water it, and next thing you know, you got a full set of whatever you're growing. It's it's like you come back the next day, you're like, damn, how long does this thing take? So that's I think that's kind of what South Carolina's going through. They don't real I mean, it is a rebuild, it is a grow, but uh and it's a slow process, but I think a good confidence victory is all they lack coming into some of these SEC games that are bubbles, the ones that these uh, – maybe not 50-50s, but closer, you know, not Georgia's. So, I, I think they need that coming into those uh, – going into those ball clubs. I'm going to post photos of uh, Chia Pet Fails. <laughs> <laughs> I threw mine out, Mike. I, I, so I, tell, I, I ain't got a green thumb, man. <laughs> All right, Shay, next game on the docket. Very important game for both these teams. Mississippi State at Texas A&M, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central on the SEC Network. The Aggies favored by a touchdown over under 46 points. Uh, Texas A&M won last year 28-14 in Starkville. The Aggies still got the number two scoring defense in the country, only allowing 9.3 points per game. Uh, but Mike Leach, 7-4 all time against them mm -hmm. fighting Aggies. So who do you like in the matchup? Boy, Mississippi State plays these boys tough. And mm -hmm. I there's there's I tell you, these these two ball clubs I'm disappointed in, Mike. Mm -hmm. I, I I mean, I how many times have I put Texas A and M on a damn pedestal only for them to crush my my wallet, if you will, because <laughs> I put too much money on them. Same thing. Then you go to the other side of the ball and you got Mississippi State doing the same damn thing. Like realizing they're not good at football until it's the fourth quarter. <laughs> and you can't have that. You can't have 
that style or that mentality of an offense when you're playing teams like Texas A&M, even though they they lost last week, they lost to a good Arkansas Razorback team. And I think some of their – I think they're that rat poison, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. I think Texas A&M thought they were just going to steamroll the SEC and the only team they got to worry about is the University of Alabama. Well, not so fast, my friend. You learned last week that – you, you're you not there. You are not there yet. You've got a lot of room to go. And I think they – I think that loss last week hurts Mississippi State this week. And I think Texas A&M gets it right. I think they finally figure out some of this offense. I still think both of these guys got great defenses. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I just think – A&M, couple of stupid, boneheaded mistakes last week. But I think that that defense is what helped them kind of crawl back into this thing at the end. Mm -hmm. So they kind of showed what they've got. But I just think it's a little too much for them Bulldogs right now. I I think they're reeling a little bit. And and they need a – I don't know. They need a punch in the mouth. They need to realize that this – the style of offense that they've been running is not working. So, is this the week they open it up? I don't think so. I think it's the same old, same old that they don't get going until late in the fourth, and that's how they crawl back into this game. But Texas A&M wins this thing, 35, Mississippi State 24. Ooh. Yeah, and, and, you know, going to what you said, Shane, the analytics say Mississippi State's got the number 16 defense in the country, says A&M's got number 14. So, I mean, these this is defense neck and neck. Uh, flip it over to the other side. Interestingly enough, Mississippi State – the analytics say they got the number 57 offense in the country, A&M the 59th offense <laughs> in the country. So this, this is almost like a mirrored match of uh, production so far this season, and I really think that's played out on the field. Uh, the difference being it certainly seems like the Aggies have a lot more veteran leadership, uh, whereas Mississippi State's just chock full of younger players. So that favors A&M in this matchup, I think. But yeah. at the same time, you know, what is the strength of that Texas A&M defense? It certainly looks to be stifling the run and, and not surrendering the pass, yet Mississippi State's going to try to pass all over them. So uh, yeah. this, I think, is a very, very dangerous matchup for Texas A&M. If they let last weekend's loss uh, turn in, you know, to, to two, I would not be stunned at all because I, I think kind of like you said, I mean, uh, just based on the reaction we've got from a lot of these fans, they were expecting SEC championship, national championship. Yeah. And now I'm seeing some of these people, well, <laughs> you know, on to next year, you know what I mean? Like the season ain't over yet. No. You still got everything in front of you. You beat Alabama in two weeks. You're right there back to the path to Atlanta in the SEC championship. So you just got to hope that Jimbo and this this veteran team is not thinking the same. If they're not – uh, they'll take care of business here at home against Mississippi State, and I think they do. But I think it's going to be a tight ball game. I like Mississippi State and the points. I like Texas A&M to win outright. I'll go Aggies twenty-four, Mississippi State twenty. Mm. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, Mike. This is one of those games I could definitely see going either way, mm-hmm. and you know, to, how, 
Is there that hungover factor? Is Calzada still shaking in the pocket? Is this offensive line gotten any better? I mean, there's so many things, so many question marks coming into this game. This is one I don't really want to gamble on, to be honest with you, just because I see so many different outcomes. But when you look at rosters and you look at just – I mean, just the talent from top to bottom. There's no reason that A&M should not win this game. Of course, I said that last week, and they got (laughs) exposed and made fun of. So, I'm just – I'm saying Jimbo's getting paid so much damn money that he gets these boys bounced back this week. All right, Shane, the night game, and I mean very much the night game, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central on ESPN Auburn. Number 22 at LSU. I about said the Tigers, but uh, they're both the Tigers. <laughs> LSU favored by three and a half points at home. The over-under is 55 and a half. Last season, Auburn won this matchup 48 to 11. But LSU leads the all-time series 31-23 with one tie. And how about this stat, Shade? LSU and Auburn both lead the nation in tackles for loss per game at, at 10 and a half. So I do not know how that happens. But uh, <laughs> I say all that to say this, Shade. Who you got to match up? <laughs> Mike, I mean, you want to talk about question mark, man. This is it. Auburn's spiraling right now. We saw it with Georgia State last week. Mm-hmm. They ran all over. I mean, it was just freaking embarrassing uh, to be even in the same – I mean, this should not even have come – this should have made it out of the first quarter. It should have been a blowout. We had a quarterback switch. We had, uh, you know, just so many things going against you. And I know they were saying it was, well, they're they're hungover from the Penn State game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get that. But there's got to come a point when you just look at the guy in front of you and beat him. Mm-hmm. And it felt like just Auburn didn't have that until late in the game, and they won by a freaking miracle. LSU on the opposite opposite side, you want to talk about a sluggish start, man. Just, again, another year, real slow out of the gates. Haven't really found their identity. I mean, we know Max loves Butte, but that can't be it. You know what I'm saying? They, mm-hmm. they, they need some people to step up. Auburn shows that you can run against them. LSU has struggled to find the running game. I think this is the week that they finally find the guy. Of course, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks, but I just <laughs> – I mean, you got to get it this week, you would think, out of all teams. And does Auburn just run over LSU? Is this a UCLA game all over? I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks coming into this one. But I will say this. Giving the current status of both programs, what I do like is even though LSU won last week, and I'm not saying it's pretty, they won by a few big plays, but they won. And I think that momentum carries over with this young club. I think that they that's something to build off of. Auburn, they're just grabbing at straws right now. They need – they need to get back to their roots of running the ball, playing great defense. And I think that that keeps this game close. But I just like LSU. I mean, the fact that it's being played at the Death Valley, I mean, you've got to use that as a factor. I mean, this is a night game. and mm-hmm. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. You better enjoy that music, man, because they are going to be singing it all night long. I think LSU wins this game. And give me the over, 28. Auburn, 24. Ooh. Yeah, I like a lot of what you had to say, Shane. I mean, a lot of people wrote off LSU after they lost to uh, UCLA. 
Right now, they lead the nation, 20 sacks. That defensive line's getting after it. So whether it's T.J. Finley, like I suspect it will be, or Bo Nix, they're going to be under duress all game long. And how about my man Max Johnson, Shane? I know he didn't look great in that opener, but he's 5-1 and one as the LSU starting quarterback. He leads the SEC and is number two in the country with 15 passing touchdowns. So mm. there's a lot to like about them LSU Tigers. And, you know, I continue to hit on it. This is one that, uh, you know, LSU, much like last week, they desperately, desperately need to win this game uh, given the upcoming slate. Otherwise, we can basically write them off. So I think there's even more on the line for LSU. And I know Auburn wants to win it too. But, you know, with the turmoil, they just fired one of their assistant coaches. Uh, You know, things, it just seems like bad mojo there where you're getting Mm -hmm. outworked by Georgia State for most of the game. I know in the second half you really stifled them, but you really should have stifled them the entire game because they ain't got much talent compared to the (laughs) Auburn Tigers. So, uh, you know, and I'm a little worried, man. TJ Finley, I know he's going to be hyped for this game. He's from Louisiana. Maybe he comes in here and saves the day, but I think he might be a little too hyped, maybe a little too emotional, maybe wanting to make, the big play, you Make, know, yeah. uh, just trying to be Superman out there, trying to be hero ball. And they may need that to go into Tiger Stadium and beat LSU. So uh, I just don't think it's going to play out in Auburn's favor this week. I'm not liking the way they're trending. Whereas LSU, I think, uh, you know, no, hardly anyone's paying attention, but I think they are trending in the right direction. And I know last week you and many others, Shay, were frustrated with how this defense adjusted and uh-huh. they were giving up big plays left and right, but they, they were playing that bend but don't break. Uh, I think they returned more to form this week against a more traditional opponent than as opposed to Mike Leach's air raid system. So I'm right there with you, brother. I got LSU 30, Auburn 20. I think it's a 10-point ball game. Mm. All right, LSU over. Get get your money in, boys and girls. <laughs> All right, I know. Hey, you, let me ask you this: uh-huh. over over under, Brad Johnson cameo is at seven <laughs> and a half. What do you think? <laughs> I'll go over. They love them some Brad they Johnson. You know what? <laughs> uh, I can't imagine. You know, because I'm telling you, as a Tennessee fan, there's the same storyline you hear in every damn game. It, it, it's. And it feels like when you're playing another opponent, they got to let that fan base know the exact same thing, even though they're disregarding the fact that we hear the same story over and over. So I have not watched – I mean, I've watched LSU games, but not so much the commentary. But I can only imagine that every single game they're talking about Brad Johnson. (laughs) I mean, that's got to get old. (laughs) All right, Shane, I know you've been dying for this one. Tennessee at Missouri. Missouri's favored. By two and a half points. The over-unders at 65. Uh, last Ooh. season, Tennessee beat Missouri 35-12. to 12, But this was the game Connor Basilak, uh, he took over. And from there on, he's been the starting quarterback for the Missouri Tigers. Missouri, one of only 11 teams in the country, Shane, that have scored every single time they've been to the red zone. And uh, how about this stat, Shane? Josh Heupel, 11-5 on the road during his head coaching career. And he's 6-1 and one after a loss. So he really knows how to bounce back from defeat. Mm-hmm. So who do you like in the matchup, Shane? Man, that's a pretty good stat there, Mike. You know, mm-hmm. Tennessee needs that. We need <laughs> we need bounce back. So I think that's a good call. But I'm going to tell you right now, Mike, if you love defense, 
you better not watch this game. Because <laughs> <laughs> neither team – I'll tell you, Tennessee looked good at times against – uh, against Florida, but for the most part, when when Florida cranked it up, I they had a tough time stopping them. They're gonna have tough time, tough stuff. Jeez, I can't even talk, Mike. They're gonna have a tough. Man, is this a hard word or what? They're gonna have a tough time stopping Mizzou, especially that running game. That's what I'm worried about. I, mm-hmm. I think this is another one that they've they they're just so. They are so good at being balanced. They're so good at being efficient. I know I know he had a couple of picks last week, but I'm telling you right now, this a lot of I don't think enough people are talking about Basilak, man. I, I think he's a fantastic quarterback and he's gonna be one of those guys you think back like Drew Locke here in a few years and say, Damn, that's right, he did play at Mizzou. Because he is he's getting better every week, it feels like. It feels like this offense is getting better. Now you go to the other side of the ball. Tennessee lost last week against Florida, but I'm going to tell you right now that was a confidence builder. They went toe-to-toe with the top 25 team. I think that's what this program needed, to know that all that practicing, all that stuff they heard in the offseason, if they just play by what they're supposed to do, they can compete in any game. That's just the way Heupel's offense is going to be situated. So I expect a high-scoring game. Now, I don't know how the quarterback situation is going to go with Tennessee, but – Man, there's a lot of chirping, and I'm telling you, I think these Tennessee Volunteers realize what's on the line because there's a lot on the line, man. I think whoever loses this game doesn't make a bowl. So, I think Tennessee knows what's at stake. I think Mizzou knows what's – I mean, they're coming out with the hot videos. They're even doing mm-hmm. the, the, the damn uniform, everything. <laughs> they're all Everything's coming out for this game, and I think it's going to be an exciting one to watch. So – this is a game, Mike, I feel like it comes down to the final possession. And, of course, the Tennessee Volunteers <laughs> are going to have it. Give it 35, Missouri, 31. Ooh. I wonder if this has anything to do with you losing your lock of the week <laughs> last week. You're trying to get that vengeance in there. It has everything to do with that, Mike. <laughs> Hey, but uh, I'm right there with you, Shane. I've been all week thinking Tennessee's going to win this football game. You got the running back coming out here and talking what they're going to do to the defense. I think uh, Josh Heupel and his team, I don't even think it matters who the starting quarterback's going to be. I think the game plan was going to be run, run, run. And uh, it sounds like Hendon Hooker is going to be good to go in this matchup, which uh, would be a huge boost to Tennessee. I think yep. that that certainly plays in your favor uh but i wonder if uh missouri you know they dig a little deeper here tired of getting questions from the defense uh, how does this steve wilkes defense respond or is are we at a point where maybe he just has no idea how to uh you know defend against some of these college attacks i mean i know there's there's certainly nobody in the nfl running quite what uh, josh heupel is is running right. particularly the speed so that has got to be a huge concern for the missouri tigers as well uh, I'm starting to get a sense, though, that uh, Tennessee's defense is becoming more break than bend than it has been here uh, early in the season. Even though those guys are playing out of their minds, I just don't know, you know, how deep that unit is. And particularly now, we're starting to see offensive line injuries for the Tennessee Vols. Yeah, I don't know, Shane. This just feels like a game where Tennessee Vol Nation expecting the win, confident all week. And then they come out, 
and they lay a damn egg. I, I'm sorry, brother. I got to go the other way after having it all week. Uh, and I agree with you. I think the winner of this game goes to a bowl game. I think the loser doesn't. I'm going Missouri 35, Tennessee 24. Jeez, Mike. You crazy. Why do you hate the volunteers so much, huh? <laughs> Uh, I know, I know, Mike. I know, but this is a different coach, man. I, yep. I I look at the coaches we've had, and it feels like that the bounce back just doesn't exist. But I'm going to tell you one thing about Hopel that he has that some of these coaches that have come through here hasn't, and that is they've got the ear of the of the players, man. I mean, he's a player's coach, and I think that helps, and I think that's why he has such a good record. When, when they have a loss and bouncing back because when the coach says, hey, man, everything's all right. I've, I've watched some games, man, that – like Sam Pittman, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you watch them do a bad play and it comes over here and you see him, hey, man, it's all right. It's all right. Because most of the time, the last coaches we've had, they got their ass chewed as soon as they got to the sideline. <laughs> That's how you divide a locker room. And I'm telling you, I think this player's coach is exactly what Tennessee needs. And that's why I'm, I'm so confident that we have a bounce back here. Now, I'm probably wrong, but, <laughs> and I'll be the first <laughs> to admit it, that I'm usually wrong. But uh, if that happens, man, it, it, I still think it's going to be a hell of a game no matter what happens here. Oh, yeah. All right, Shane, night game here on SEC – no, excuse me, ESPN. 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 Central, number 10 Florida, number 23 Kentucky in Lexington. The Gators favored by eight points. Over-unders mm. at 55. Florida won last year 34-10. to 10. And uh, Dan Mullen 11-2 in road games at Florida. Man, that's pretty damn mm. impressive. Who do you got in the matchup here, Shane? Oh, Mike, I'm telling you, brother, this is another one. I mean, you look at the last five years, Mm -hmm. typically we're going to have a hell of a ball game with these two teams. And, I mean, how could you expect anything different? You got the Kentucky Wildcats undefeated. You got the Florida Gators. I mean, some argue should be undefeated. They just Mm – if they had another quarter to play Alabama, they probably would be. This is a team, I think, talking about the Florida Gators, that I think grew up in Tus- – like when they were playing Nick Saban and the boys, I-, I think they came out scared. And they – I don't know what it was. Like they were timid, like they just it didn't It's almost like the moment the- was too big for them, you know? Exactly. And then when it settled in, they realized that they can play with these guys. Mm-hmm. Not only did they play, but they almost beat. And I think that was the biggest – factor for Florida they realize that they can control their own destiny and since then I've seen nothing but improvement and I know a lot of people look at that Tennessee Florida game last week and they say damn you know that was a ball game yeah it was don't get me wrong I'm gonna I'm gonna make it sound pretty (laughs) but Florida was shorthanded and Florida did come out with the vanilla offense. And after that halftime, when they decided to be a little bit two-dimensional, mm-hmm. there was no stopping this team. They are that damn good. And I think it bleeds into this week, Mike. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact Kentucky can throw the football. I love the fact that they kind of got back to that running attack last week. But these two teams are not the same. These two teams 
are not on the same playing field. There is one program that's going to be on that field that is actually competing for an East championship. And I know a lot of Kentucky fans don't want to hear that from Shane. But I'm telling you, Florida Gators are that damn good. And that's why I'm giving them the lock this week. Give me Florida Gators 34, Kentucky 21. Oh, man, why you hate Kentucky, Shane? <laughs> oh, you want to know? And they don't even – I'm telling you, this isn't a game – I'm telling you, they 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 backdoor this thing. They make it a little interesting toward the end, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think this is all Florida, man. Well, it's hard to argue with you, Shane. I mean, Florida's won 39 of the last 41. Good gosh. And they play each other every year. I mean, uh, now here's the thing, though. If Kentucky can stop turning the damn ball over – I've said it many times, negative nine in the turnover margin. That's worst in the country, yet you're sitting there 4-0. That should give you an idea of the caliber of, of team that Kentucky is. If you were, if you manage to flip that and not only stop turning it over but force a couple turnovers, you're positive in the turnover uh, department, mm-hmm. I think you can beat Florida. I really do. Chris Rodriguez, again, he's got to keep holding on to the ball, but he leads the SEC in rushing. This is a game where you could just – I don't know if you can control the line of scrimmage against Florida because Alabama sure as hell couldn't. So, uh, I mean, it's a tall, tall task. But Wondell Robinson, Will Levis, you know, that is a connection that's growing stronger and stronger as the season goes along. And that's the X factor for the Kentucky Wildcats going up there to Lexington. It's going to be half the stadium blue, half the stadium white. This is going to be an epic, epic scene on national television. Kentucky looking to make a statement win and prove people like Cousin Shane wrong. (laughs) But them Gators is too good, Shane. They're too good. Everything you said is true. I mean, they're a Russian machine. The defense, people laugh at Todd Grantham. Uh, I don't don't really get it outside of last year. I know last year was horrible. Last year was horrible. Everybody on defense. This year, the Gators are back. They're tougher. And I'm right there with you, Shane. I mean, and – even still, they had the ability to rest players against Tennessee, yeah. they're saying. Now they're unleashing all those guys. Kentucky's <laughs> getting guys out of jail. Well, Florida's getting them off the uh, IR. You know what I mean? So uh, that favors the Florida Gators, in my opinion. I like the Gator. And, hell, Anthony Richardson. I mean, let, let's not forget about this kid. I, I still think he's the best quarterback Florida's got. And I think as long as he's healthy, he's going to get in here. He's going to score him a couple touchdowns. So mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, Shane. Florida, 31 Kentucky, 21, double-digit win. I think Florida not only wins but covers the spread, just like you, Cousin Shane. Yeah, I'll tell you. Half blue, half white. That damn place is going to be half empty at the end of that (laughs) game, Mike. (laughs) Hey, but I'll tell you this, brother, and I've made my word. If somehow Kentucky Mm -hmm. pulls this damn thing off, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, Mike, you're listening. If somehow they pull it off, I will not only sing the fight song (laughs) – but I will I will officially do the first video cast oh. from White Pine. <laughs> <laughs> now you got the whole rest of the SEC rooting for Kentucky. How about it? <laughs> oh, I love it, man. Shirtless with a cold beer in two hands. <laughs> 
with a big old K circled <laughs> on it. Yeah, I got you, man. No, I tell you, I'll do, seriously. I will. I will do my first video. We'll try to figure out how to do it. But uh, uh, yeah, I'll sing that damn fight song, and uh, I'll be the biggest Kentucky fan that night. Well, Shay, we got uh, that's great news, but we got two huge, epic, massive showcase games. Don't even know where to start, but I'm just gonna go to Tuscaloosa, Shay, number twelve, Ole Miss, mm-hmm. on the road at number one, Alabama, favored by fourteen and a half points. The over/under, I love this, Shane, seventy-nine and a half. Last oh. season, Alabama won sixty-three to forty-eight. There was uh, <laughs> no over/under was safe from that one. <laughs> and uh, man, I don't know what can you say about these. I mean, two of the best offenses in the country, two of the best coaches in the country. Who do you like in the SEC on CBS Game of the Week, according to, C- to CBS? Well, it's going to be a hell of a game, Mike. I mean, I'll tell you that right now. And uh, Lane Kiffin fired up. I don't know if you saw him. Did you see the the PTI thing? Oh my God, he is. Oh just, yeah. He can't. He cannot let it down. Uh, he just cannot believe that they made fun of of Lane Kiffin. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Lane, you guys, you got that's rat poison, and you're getting sucked into this thing. You need. So I'm telling you, this is going to be a great game. And Ole Miss, what I love about Ole Miss, for starters, I'm always afraid to bet the under, which I'm <laughs> counting my score here, and I'm like, shit, I'm under. So I, you just don't know what's going to happen because these guys can – they can score at a drop. I think of the LSU Tigers from a couple years ago, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that defense is so damned exhausted because the offense is scoring less than three minutes, and that's what – Ole Miss is capable of doing, and they're capable of doing it against Alabama. I know a lot of people think that's crazy, but it is true. They have got a Heisman contender slinging the rock back there with Matt. They got Mm -hmm. another Heisman candidate on Alabama's side. I get that, and I think my biggest concern is when this does become a shootout, can they keep up? That's that's what I want to know. But then – then you take a step back and you're like, well, it is Alabama. Let's don't get too carried away here, you know, because I want – I mean, everybody, don't get me wrong, Mike. I, 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 I hate when teams just win all the time, right. okay? Mm-hmm. I'm right. I, the, yeah. The New, New England, yeah, the New England Patriots did it for a while. The Yankees did it for a while. Mm-hmm. It's like Alabama's been doing it since, I mean – since I was, uh, what, third grade, I think it feels like sometimes. <laughs> but I, I'm just tired of it. I'm ready for someone to dethrone the Crimson Tide. It ain't going to happen this week, Mike. I mm. just I, – I've, I've tried playing these numbers in my head and, and trying to, you know, pretend what how I feel the game flow is going to go. I just I, – I think Ole Miss is a fantastic offense, a great team. They're going to win a lot of games. But it's so tough to do something that's never been done. None of none of Nick Saban's protégés have ever beat him. And to think that it's going to happen this week when you're looking at the talent on both these rosters, I just – I can't do it. So, I've got Ole Miss covering the spread, but losing the game. Alabama, 41. Ole Miss, 27. Ooh. Breaking hearts all over the state of Mississippi, Shane. Matt Corral, I might get him on this podcast. $10,000 an hour just to cuss you out, (laughs) Shane. 
Matt, I mean, I think he is the best quarterback in the SEC. Bryce Young, probably not far behind. I think it was an interesting question you had there because it was the same one I asked uh, the, on our last episode, Chris Marler. Can Bryce Young win a shootout with Matt Corral? He said he didn't think so, and I'm, I'm kind of right there with him. Uh, you know, Bryce Young will get better as he gets more and more experience, but that is going to be a danger. I, I would certainly think Bill O'Brien's going to try to, you know, play some ball control, try to, you know, yeah. limit the touches Lane Kiffin's offense has in this game. That could be a key to victory for the Crimson Tide. Uh, I'm still, man, I'm still just not yet bought in on this Alabama defense. I mean, I know Will Anderson's great. They've got some uh, uh, Malachi Moore's great. They have outstanding players. I'm not sitting here saying they got a bad defense, but uh, I think Georgia's defense is a lot better. I even think A&M's defense is better. So, I don't think the Alabama defense quite living up to the hype. They need to prove it this weekend against uh, a red-hot Ole Miss offense. You know, Ole Miss has got two weeks to prepare for this thing. How does that play a factor? Kiffin seems to, you know, he keeps suggesting that it's going to hurt him. I wonder if he's playing a little possum <laughs> here. You know, I think uh, given the fact that uh, I know Ole Miss, the teams they've played, it's not been that impressive. But I also think that that uh, leads – me to believe that the Rebels are going to be breaking out stuff Alabama has not yet seen on tape. Now, on the flip side, this Ole Miss defense, I don't think they get enough respect for uh, what they are, Shane. I mean, they're not trying to be the the Georgia Bulldogs. They're just trying to be right. a bunch of teams that will hit you right in the mouth and, and uh, force turnovers, and they don't need them to be elite with this offense they just need them to be capable and i think they will be capable in this football game but i cannot wait to see it like you said shane nick saban never lost to a former assistant how about this stat shane even i'll do you one better alabama has never lost at home in the month of october under nick saban and he's been there damn near forever like you said <laughs> since uh, third grade it feels like but Guess what, Shane? 14 and a half points. That is way too much to cover, kind of like you said. I'll go one step further, brother. Ole Miss mm. outright goes in to Tuscaloosa, beats Alabama 40, 48 to 45. Lock of the week. Lane train. He's going to break the streak, Shane. And I love the fact that you mentioned that uh, Michael Wilbon PT, I think. And it, yeah. it it was weird. I think it was brilliant. And it's something I, th I said on the show. I think he did that, you know, because it's the perfect thing. Guess who's not talking about Matt Corral? Guess who's not hyping up Ole Miss? All the attention is on Lane Kiffin and Mike Wilbon, something that doesn't matter a damn bit when it comes to this football game, but it's Lane Kiffin deflecting from all the pressure and all the heat, and everybody wants mm -hmm. to talk about that nonsense while Matt Corral and company put in the work. So uh, I think Alabama is slightly overrated. I think they're going to lose a game, maybe two this season, and the first one comes Saturday on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, damn. I, I'm thinking about that 3.30 game. Well, so this is at Ole Miss. No, it's at Alabama. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Nick Saban's got COVID again. No, he's going to be there <laughs> coaching. Yeah, yeah. Are we talking about – yeah, okay. So, Matt Corral's going to come all the way in there, and they're going to beat these guys. So, mm -hmm. man, that's a bold call, Mike. I tell you what, that is a bold call. Well, you, you ain't seen nothing yet. We got one more game. Oh, man. 
You put this out there on Twitter. There's going to be so many damn people taking screenshots and saving it <laughs> in that I can't wait to bash Mike if this thing doesn't happen. Cold takes. Yeah, I was about to say, cold takes. You. I'm ready for, to be <laughs> showcased on that damn man's feed. He's got me about six oh times already. I'm number seven, I'm, I'm ready for it. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if that happens? Oh, my God. I, Lane, I tell you what, I tell you what, that'd you're, be awesome. You're falling okay, out of your chair, ahead. Shay. We got one more huge game to get to. Arkansas at Georgia. What a showcase game here. Some damn reason. It's noon Eastern, eleven o'clock Central on ESPN. <laughs> Last year, Georgia won thirty-seven to ten. Of course, this is a completely different Arkansas team. Number eight Arkansas, number two Georgia. The Bulldogs favored by eighteen and a half in Athens. The over-under, 48-and-a-half points. Who do you like in the matchup, Shane? Damn, I'm telling you what, no respect. No mm. respect for either one of these teams. Mm-mm. You look at Arkansas with the point spread, you look at the 12 o'clock. I refreshed my phone. I was like, there's no way this thing's at noon. No, it's at noon, okay, because you thought some of these other games are more exciting. I, that one blows my mind, especially coming off the A&M. It seems like mm-hmm. if you got a flex, now's the time to do it. But, no, they, they, they just feel that Georgia is going to steamroll Arkansas. I mean, let's face it, Mike, that's what they think. They think nobody can score or even move the ball against the Georgia Bulldogs and the Arkansas Razorbacks, even though they beat Texas A&M, even though they beat a ranked Texas – they do not deserve to be on the same field as the Georgia Bulldogs. And they're right, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you what, Arkansas is probably very excited that I'm thinking this way, but mm-hmm. I've seen all the stats. Mike, everybody saying, oh, well, look who Georgia's played, what their offenses are ranked, blah, blah, blah. Well, the reason they're ranked so bad is because they got their ass kicked by the Bulldogs, man. Mm-hmm. This is legit defense. This ain't Texas A&M. Texas A&M's got some good defense. Don't get me wrong, but Georgia is playing it. They aren't just, they they aren't just talent loaded. They are they are restrictive and constrictive. I'm telling you, man. They they will take the life out of an offense. And guess what? They got talent on the other side of the ball. Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic story. I love it. I I'm rooting for you. Don't get me wrong. Arkansas is is like my – I guess it's my sweetheart in the West, if you will, because I think of I think Arkansas and Tennessee the same at, at some point. Not anymore because Arkansas is actually doing something about it. I love Coach Pittman. I love everything. I love Coach Odom. I love the stuff that they're doing there. I love what they're making of the talent they have. But that, I'm watching this A&M game, Mike, and I, if a couple things would have went the other way – it wouldn't have been a ball game. And when you saw a couple of key players go down, you saw this thing start to get a little bit tighter. And that's what concerns me is that Arkansas Arkansas's good. Arkansas playing with heart right now. They think they can beat anybody. But Georgia is just too damn deep. And I think it's I think that's what happens here. Now, if these guys were to play week one, yeah, we could have seen an upset. But we're not going to see it this week. I like Georgia 
However, I will tell you this. I did have Arkansas getting the points here. So, Georgia. After all that trash. After all that trash. Well, I got Arkansas scoring 13 points, Mike. It's not like I'm having them score that many. But I say they move the ball at times. But it's just – if they if Georgia showed me anything, it's just tough to get in the end zone with these guys. So, Georgia 31, Arkansas 13. Add another doubter to the Arkansas Razorback list you know that uh there's that meme of that guy writing down the list that's what i'm doing right now to cousin shane he's added to my list i think he's just pissed off because the arkansas razorbacks <laughs> snapped his lock of the week last week in impressive fashion and i just love it shane when they beat a&m well hell a&m they were overrated Beat, <laughs> beat Texas. Oh hell, they were overrated. They go into Athens. They beat. They whoop Georgia's ass. Everybody will say, "Well, the Bulldogs were overrated." Kirby can't coach. Oh, they got ninety-five stars. They that's not enough. Kirby is three and zero at home against top ten opponents all time. Arkansas has not allowed a single point in the first quarter of a game this season. You know, we got to get that same. Uh, you know, passion and fire from the Razorbacks. Got It's got to be a low-scoring game, I really do think, and it, and it probably will be because Georgia themselves uh, obviously has got. It certainly sounds like you think they got the best defense in the country. I think they got the best defense in the country, and yeah. that's with all due respect to Arkansas, who's playing incredibly lights. Arkansas may have the the second best defense in the country, but uh, they just don't got a Jordan Davis in there. You know what I mean? No. And and, yeah. and it's not just Jordan Davis; it's he's just surrounded with guys. They go about ten deep on that defensive line, and yeah. they go about eight deep on that linebacking core. So there's a lot to love about this Georgia defense. I am concerned, though, Shane, about uh, this lat injury that JT Daniels has because depending on how severe that is, he may not be able to throw the ball down the field. And I think that's the biggest advantage Georgia potentially has in this matchup is pushing the ball down the field. There were plays to be made in the Texas game. There were plays to be made in the A&M game, but those quarterbacks could not connect on it. And we've seen JT Daniels, he will – hit you over the top hill. Even the backup, Stetson Bennett, uh, <laughs> at times is able to uh, – I'm thinking of that UAB game in particular. He's able to hit over the top. But this is going to be an epic, epic showdown. I think uh, I think Sam Pittman and company are going to have more success against Georgia's defensive front than anybody we've seen uh, this season and, and probably will the entire the rest of the year because Arkansas's offensive line is just playing that well. And, you know, everyone wants to hype up Georgia's defense, but I don't hear enough people hyping up Arkansas's offense, in particular K.J. Jefferson. I was singing it from the rooftops trying to tell everybody that he is legit. He's going to get it done, and now he has. uh, And it sounds like he's going to be fine for this matchup, so that'll be something to see. But I do think you kind of hit on, you know, the perfect analogy here. You know, Arkansas, one or two players away from that A&M game. I mean, Arkansas, they're, they're on cloud nine right now. But if yeah. if they're being honest with themselves, when K.J. Jefferson went out of that ball game, it was that, oh, no, here we go again feeling. <laughs> yeah. Of course, this is a different Arkansas. They held on. They got the, the job done because uh, they just totally made A&M 
uh, irrelevant on the offensive side of the ball. But it's just a completely different story when you're going up against the Georgia Bulldogs that are so deep across the board. And whereas Arkansas, you know, what happens if Traylon Burks is a little limited? I hope he's not. Mm -hmm. But if he's limited, we just don't got another guy like him on the roster. Uh, You know, so I I don't know. There's just – I want to pick the Razorbacks so bad, Shane, and I've been struggling trying to come up with ways to pick them. But I just think that Georgia is the best team. I've been saying it and saying it and saying it, and it's and it's come true, I think, not only in the SEC, but the best team in the country, them Georgia Bulldogs. So I'm a little bit closer than you, Shane. Georgia, 28, Arkansas, 17. And I think, you know, the Razorbacks are going to put up a good fight. I just think it, here in the fourth quarter, they'll pr- the Bulldogs will separate from the Razorbacks. And I know I probably just broke a lot of hearts here because I'm the guy driving the bus. I've been the guy picking a lot of these Arkansas upsets. But, I'll, hey, I'll make a prediction here. If I'm wrong, and I certainly could be because I think Arkansas is the hottest team in the country right now. Yeah. You think that old Miss prediction was hot. If Arkansas goes in to Georgia and wins in Athens, yeah, I think Arkansas is going to win the national championship. Because I don't think there's going to be a tougher test, including Alabama. Hell, I just said I think Alabama's overrated. If you're that good, you can go into Georgia and beat the Bulldogs. I don't know if there's anyone that stands in your way. Uh, so, hey, I, 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 it is what it is, man. I think Arkansas, if they prove that, they, they've proven everything to me. That's what I, I tell you. Arkansas fans are just like, what do we got to do? What do we got to do? You know, everybody said you shouldn't beat Texas. They're ranked. They're just so much better than you, and you beat them. Then it's like, yeah, but that's not A&M. Come on. (laughs) That ain't A&M, right? Then all of a sudden they smoked them, and now it's like, yeah, but what about them Georgia Bulls? (laughs) (laughs) What do you need? So uh, I I feel bad for it, man. If I was eighth-ranked team, who cares? Who cares what we think, Mike? I mean, come on. You're the eighth. Eighth ranked team in the entire country. Think mm-hmm. about where you were three years ago. Yep. Just think about it for a second. Even if you do lose this game, you should still be on cloud nine because trust me, guys, there is a lot of teams <laughs> that would kill for a top 10 program. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I think there's a lot to be happy about, but who knows? They may prove it to us. I'll tell you this right now. Like you said, if Arkansas wins this game, I ain't ever picking against them again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So, I, you know, I think this one's gone long enough. Cannot wait for these matchups <laughs> this weekend in the SEC. Want to say thanks again for Steven for hopping on the line. And I think yeah. last weekend was the best weekend of college football this season. And I think we're going to top it on Saturday. I cannot wait for these matchups. Hey, that's all I got, brother. <laughs> Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, and I am going to read those reviews, and I appreciate all of those that came in. Those really do help us out. I'd like to see a couple more pictures of those koozies filled with some beer. That'd be great. So if mm-hmm. you're at a game or you're tailgating, be sure to send me or Mike a pic so we can retweet it. And uh, you know, those reviews we're gonna we are cut. We're gonna cut it a little short tonight. It's uh, it's really late, man. It's like almost <laughs> ten o'clock here, and uh, so I gotta get up work tomorrow. Some of us got work for a living, but. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'll tell you this, if you get those in, we'll be sure to read those next week. And I appreciate everybody that did take the time to do those. Those five-star ratings, man, I'll tell you, it, it doesn't take much, but it really helps us out a lot. Absolutely, Shane. Well, I appreciate you hopping on the line, staying up late, and I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. Catch you on the next one. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Go Vols.